Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to another episode, a playoff edition, the first playoff episode of Believe in Rangers, a New York Rangers podcast presented by Blue York on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Johnny Lazarus, joined as always by my good friend and co-host, Cody Frankel. And Cody, you know what time it is. (laughs) You Baba O'Reilly. I can't wait to fucking hear that in the garden on Tuesday night. I will be there. I know you won't be there. You'll be there for game two if they let you in the garden. Because you have COVID, you little stupid bitch. And I am putting a poster up in New York City. If you see Cody Frankel, don't let him anywhere near the Rangers. Because I swear to God, if one of these players gets COVID, I'm putting the blame on you. And I'm making you excommunicated by all Rangers. First and foremost, first and foremost, <laughs> I feel okay. Set, uh, just, just have a stuffy nose and, and a little cough. Secondly, oh, I thought you were saying that because I didn't ask you how you're feeling. Oh, well, I, oh yeah, that too. Fuck you. Um, secondly... My quarantine and isolation and Wednesday morning. So game two's Thursday. So provided with a negative COVID test, I shall go and wear a mask the whole time because I'm a good, caring patron. Second of all, yeah, my weekend sucked from COVID, <laughs> but I heard you had a wonderful weekend and you actually met your wife. So I would yeah. love to hear about it. I fall, I fall very easily. For, for those listening, <laughs> every single time Johnny tells me about a girl, he's, he's in, drunk in love. Yeah. Drunken love. I'm baby. not going to say details. I just went out to dinner with a group of friends. Um, you know, found love, FaceTime my mom, introduced her. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Yeah. She met mom on day one. That's huge. You know, it's really on day one. Yeah. You know, it's really funny though. So I wanted to go to this place. Is called Matt approved though? I, he, does, he doesn't know. Okay. I didn't tell him. Okay. Nice. Um, but I wanted to go to this place somewhere or nowhere for like the past week because uh, uh-huh. they had like this open bar from four to five. There was an open tequila bar. And I love tequila. Once. Yeah, great spot. I love tequila. So my friend sent me this link on Monday. He's like, buy a ticket. Like, we'll go together um, Saturday, four o'clock. So, you know, obviously I've been talking about it all week with some friends. Like, hey, we should go to somewhere. Nowhere. Open bar. Like, let's do it. No brainer. So three o'clock rolls around on Saturday. I go to my friend's rooftop and it's like so nice out, like literally warm out shirt off. Like first time it like feels really warm in New York. Ended up just like shirt off. You weirdo. No, I was on the rooftop. I wasn't walking around. <laughs> with it. I don't have the body to walk around with my shirt off. I'm a bag of milk. Um, <laughs> so, huh? Never mind. Almond milk, yes. Yeah. Not, not oat. Not oat. Almond milk. No, no, no. We don't do oat. We Almond don't do or oat. coconut only. Coconut milk. Dude, coconut milk's oh, crack. Not it's for good. Me. Yeah, that's for me. That's because you have weak bones. But yeah, ended up just staying in this apartment until eight o'clock at night. Uh, drinking on the on the rooftop. Didn't go to the open bar. Was really bummed about it. But then ended up going to dinner and uh, hanging out. So it was really fun. And I did tweet that. I know I, I that was a dumb decision. I don't know why I tweeted that. It, it um, was a dumb decision, yeah, but it's okay. We'll, we'll let it go. It was too late to like go back and delete it though. I feel like. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Matt probably saw it too. Yeah. So uh, if I get married to her one day, I'll go back to that tweet. Cool. That's what I told her actually. I think when I tweeted. smooth, smooth. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I'm all sure right. That well, wasn't a red flag. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's, let's get out of cringe mode here yep. and we can go. No. <laughs> Please transition. No. Uh, transition. Um, let's, let's talk about some playoff hockey. First yeah. time our boys are in the playoffs in, in five years. Mm-hmm. Um, super freaking excited. Like you said, can't wait to hear that Baba. 
Uh, it's going to be freaking awesome. It's going to just, I just picture everybody standing up in that garden, it's the sick. electric roaring there, you know, you know, that intro is going to be so different game one that it's going to be like some crazy hype video. People are just going to go bananas. Well, that's what I was going to say. I think like the last time we were in the playoffs, I don't think they were doing like those crazy, like on ice light shows yet that like Vegas had done and all these other play- Montreal does it now. They did. So I- they did something because I won in 2017. Really? Yeah, they, oh, did they did something, but it wasn't, it probably wasn't what it's going to be now. They're going to have gonna a sick be, one. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Um, I'm assuming they'll do it for games one and two. Please do yeah. it for game two. Um, but, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we should also introduce our guest today, which is Tom Ertz Jr., great guy. He, uh, he does blue shirts banter, uh, puts out some great content, and uh, we have a great interview lined up for everyone. And yeah, Johnny, do you want to add anything else there? Yeah, I mean, that's just going to be super in-depth talking Rangers, Penguins, um, you know, a lot of uh, in-depth <laughs> detail. In-depth, in-depthness. Yeah. Uh, but all right. But anyways, <laughs> let's dive right into this week's, I guess we could say this week's now, which is super exciting. Mm-hmm. This week's playoff matchups. Uh, let's give some predictions right off the bat. So Rangers, Penguins, we went into, so they'll hear that in a little bit. Let's let's go right into Canes, Bruins. Well, we can give our like brief like Ranger Penguin just like prediction if you want. I don't know. All right, Cody's gave Cody's Rangers in five. I'm I'm Rangers in six. Done. Continue. All right, Canes Bruins. <laughs> uh, this one's really tough for me. So the Canes actually spanked the Bruins in uh, all three games this year. I'm pretty sure. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, I actually think the Bruins only scored one goal against Carolina in three games. Do we know if Anderson's playing? Anderson is definitely not in for game one. Um, it's likely that it's going to be anti Ranta or Ranta. Um. So I don't know. I think this one, like a lot of people are kind of underestimating the Canes because they don't have Freddie Anderson. But, uh-huh. you know, we've seen Pyotr Kuchketkov, however he you beat say us. however you say his name. Yeah, he, he was like 3-0. Also, I got I to gotta say, I, I think I had the best tweet of all time in the, the history of Twitter. The amount know. of times I've heard that, that from you now. Wait, which one was it? Sarah Sivian, friend of the show, tweeted uh, that Rod Brindamore decided to start Ranta and like he's giving Coochie. They call him Coochie or Kachi. Okay. Uh, a, a well-deserved rest. So I like in my head, I was like, where have I heard Kachi before? And I went to the clip in the hangover when uh, da- like Leslie Chow uh, is that like, they're bringing out Doug out of the car. He goes, Kachi. <laughs> so oh, that's what he said. Kachi. Yeah. So I tweeted, was, I was that, like, I have that, I have that scene like etched into my head uh-huh. when just no shirt on. He was in, he wasn't he in his underwear or something like that. No, no, no. This is like when they're first meeting each other. Like when they oh, said, okay, okay. I thought, I thought you, when they were doing the exchange, that see that scene is forever etched in my memory. No, that's a good one. But yeah, I was like, so I tweeted that and I was like, this is Rod Brindamore after round to lets up three goals in the first period. So I, a, lot, <laughs> a lot of the Canes fans loved it. Um, so I didn't even give my prediction yet. So I, I think it's, I think it's going to be Canes in six. Um, I do think the Bruins will take a couple games, but, um, and you're going to hear me say six a lot. Cause I think six is just like the, the you best. You want to hear hot take? Yeah. What's yours? Sweet. Bruins, Bruins in seven. Really? Yep. I think the Bruins, because I think the Bruins uh, have been playing incredibly well as of late. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Canes obviously as well. I think they ended on maybe a four game win streak or something like that, but obviously they don't have Anderson, which is a big factor. The Bruins are an incredibly tough team. They have a ton of stars. Uh, they they're a good playoff hockey team and didn't they bust up the canes the last time they met in the playoffs wasn't that last year two years ago and they beat the canes or my or to the or maybe it was 2019 actually, oh they did they beat the, the canes blues, yeah right? they did beat the canes beat the in canes. that year right it was against the blues yeah it's 2019 yeah I, I knew it and you know they beat the canes then obviously it's a different team now but um i just think this bruins team 
you know, they'll, they're, they're going to find a way they're going to grind and they're going to somehow, some way get out of this first round and they have a date, but they do have a date with destiny round two. So they're fucked. But, uh, do you think the Bruins in seven? Wow. Okay. I do. Yep. I think the Bruins in seven, what do you think about lightning Leafs? I think that's going to be a crazy series. This is my favorite series. I'm so excited. Um, and I actually, if, if I, if I'm going to give anyone a bet right now, um, the first bet to place, I, I think take Tampa Bay game one money line right now. Tampa is like plus one Oh five. And I just think, I think game one, it's going to be a lot. In Toronto? For Toronto. Yeah. I think it's going to be a lot for Toronto in game one to like, cause th- I think they know going in that they have the most pressure out of any team right now. I think in the first round, um, I know the chickless guys talked about it. They argued like that. Maybe Edmonton does, but no, I don't, yeah, yeah. No, I shot. don't even think no yeah, shot. there's no chance. No I, I think Toronto, like, not that they necessarily have to like, and 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 we can maybe argue this too. If Edmonton you want, can like, miss the track. playoffs next year, Edmonton can miss the playoffs next year, and and everybody will forgot they made the playoffs this year. But, you know what I mean? Like they've been so inconsistent getting into the playoffs, whereas like the Leafs literally, what is it, fourteen years or eighteen years? <laughs> they've and haven't won a series. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's been a long time. Long um, time. Decade. Over a decade. I disagree. Like, so just to what the Chicklets guys argued, because I know this was like a big debate if there's uh-huh. more pressure on the Leafs or Oilers. Like when they say like if they don't win a round, like blow it up. Like I, I think people have to remember like how long it took the Caps. Like the, the Caps kept their core group for a decade and they Dude, they lost so many times until same they thing. won. Yeah, they got same thing. Yeah, same thing. Down. Beat down, but the difference here obviously is that the Leafs haven't found any way to win yet. Yeah, so that's like you but know, I don't the, think you blow it up. No, no, I don't think you can blow it up. Their guys are so young. They're yeah. they're you know outside of Tavares, who's how, how old is he? I, I think mean, he's 30, like thirty, maybe. 31. Yeah, I think he's a little older. I think he's like thirty-two. He now. was drafted in 09, so he was eighteen then. So what's that math? You math guy? Thirty-one. Uh, he's thirty-one probably. Thirty-one. All right, so. Anyways, Probably they wrong. have him, but then they have, you know, they have Nylander, they have Marner, yeah. they have Matthews. These guys are all young. They're yeah. all like mid twenties. They're not blowing. They're not blowing anything up. I think if anything, if they do lose, they're going to take it on the chin. Like, like they've been doing and then just like get back to it. And probably the same BS spiel they'll have next yeah. year. Like, Oh, this is the year, whatever, but make another um, Amazon prime show. <laughs> hey, oh yeah. Yeah. You watched that. Yeah. It was great. I love Will Arnett. He was awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, right, I, so- I, I think Maple Leafs in seven, but I do think Tampa wins game one because I think like the, the pressure is just going to get to Toronto for game one, I think. So I do like Tampa in game one, but I'm taking the Leafs in seven. What about you? Leafs in seven. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I think this game, this series uh, has all the makings of, of a game seven series. So I think you're right on that. I'm going to go with the lightning in seven. And I think Tampa is going to, take over that last game and Toronto is going to continue this downfall. Mm-hmm. What about uh Panthers caps? Okay. Cause so I know, I've... I know you, I know you have said if the Panthers get matched up to the caps, you could see them losing. So I want to see if you're going to walk that back or what your, what your position is. I've done a very deep dive on this series and th- there's no doubt that Florida is the better team. Florida has been the best team all season. Uh-huh. The president's trophy. Like there, there's no doubting that. They only won like 14 in a row to end the season. Yeah. I, I'm not saying that Florida is not the better team in this situation, but the three games that they've played this year, all three one goal games, Washington has shown that they can compete with Florida. Yeah. Um, you know, Florida does have the goaltending edge and arguably, I mean, they, they're definitely a better offensive team right now, but the Capitals have a lot of offensive firepower. And I think Ovechkin is going to be okay to play game one and game. Have you, have you seen anything about that? Uh, I have not, but I think he's, I think he's yeah. been skating. So he's yeah. like, he should be good. He should yeah. be good. So, um, 
You know, I, I think in this one, I just, I wouldn't count Washington out. I could okay. see this one going seven as well. Um, I do think Florida will win, but I, I don't think it's going to be very easy for them. I, I, I like part of me wants to say like maybe Washington pulls it off, but I don't Bro, know. You can, you can say a hot take if you want to just say it. I, 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 I'm so, I'm so scared to say Washington in six even, but Cap, Caps fans are going to come after you and murder yeah. your family. Um, I, I think this is going to be my this is going to be my one surprise because we've seen also in the past presidents trophy winners they they don't get it done in the playoffs and I th- I think Florida just might be they're not frauds by any means but they might just have too much pressure on them right now with how good they had it of a regular season so I, I'm, sometimes I, you know they don't get it done in the playoffs huh I said sometimes they don't get it the done presidents in the trophy winners yeah they have in the past when was the last time a presidents trophy winner won the cup I want to say like 2015 or something like that that was the Rangers. <laughs> oh no, no yeah, yeah no it wasn't, it wasn't, <laughs> yeah, definitely not that oh yeah 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 no you're right you're right that was the rangers um actually i think it was 2013 against against the blackhawks uh the blackhawks against uh-huh. whoever they played i think that i think that was it right yeah yeah i mean that's i think that was a shortened season too that was when they went on like that crazy run in the beginning of the year remember they won, right they, they had points in like 25 straight games um yeah. they were unreal that year so um yeah, so which was also was like similar to the run that the Panthers had this year, but which I think is actually kind of crazy. Yeah. Nine years, nine mm-hmm. years. That's, that's a little, yeah, you're right. I mean, so I, I just think like, this is the one series where I think there could be a surprise just because of the difference in like, you know, obviously it's the, the president's trophy winners against like the last place team in the East. Um, and I think Washington is probably the best worst team we've seen in the, in the playoffs. So I don't, I don't know. I, I, this is my one, like, you know, it's okay. Hot take surprise. I think that the capitals could win. Um, and I'm going to say in six on home ice. Nice. I'm going Panthers in four. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I knew that was, yeah. I was waiting for that. Um, no, I, I, I think the Panthers are going to destroy them. I'm going to go Panthers in five. Um, we can move on with that. Johnny, yeah. we will, we will see. Uh, yeah. Let's go into the West. So we got flame stars. This, this series I'm, I'm definitely excited about. I think the flames are an incredible team this year. I've said it to you. Probably all season long, uh, they have so many dynamic goal scorers. I think they had 40 or uh, not 40. I think they had four 30 goal scorers, a couple 40 goal scorers. Uh, they've just been crazy, crazy hot offensively. And for this one, I'm, I, I'm tempted to go flames in four. I think the stars have a good team, but I am tempted to go flames in four, but I'm going to go flames in five. Cause I feel like somehow the stars will find a way to squeak in a game. We agree on this one. I'm, I, I, I completely agree. I think it's Flames in five. Okay. Uh, how about Avs Preds? This one, I, I mean, I could maybe see the Preds stealing one game, but Dude, I Avalanche think... have playing, been playing bad lately. I don't. Well, they've also they haven't been fully healthy. I know, um, and they've probably benched people. Like they, they pretty much like clinched. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, a month ago now. Like how long ago? So. Um, yeah. What, what do you think about that series? I think this is the one where like, this is just like the chalk for me. Like, honestly though. Okay. So I'm looking at this now and I, I didn't know this, but Nashville's won the last three games against Colorado. Dude, Nashville is a good team and they have a yeah. lot of different scores, mm-hmm. but I, I do think, I do think Colorado is just like on a different level. Um, I mean, dude, they have Yossi at yeah. 96 points this year. He literally tied Panarin, which is crazy. Uh, Matthew Shen, 86 points. Forsberg's obviously, dude, Duchenne and Forsberg both had over 40 goals this season. They have two 40 goal scorers. Mm-hmm. They have three other 20 plus goal scorers. 
uh, you know, they're, they're not going to be an easy team to just roll over. And I think, I I know we've talked about like Colorado hasn't been playing well, but they've, you know, been a little hurt, but I think the Preds have actually been playing pretty like, eh, as of lately. So that would be the only like caveat there. I think maybe in their last 10, they're like four and six or something like that, but they do. Yeah. But they do have some dangerous scores and I could, Listen, I'm not saying by any means they're going to win this series because they're not, but I could see them sneaking in maybe two games. Um, so for that, I mean, I'm going. I'm going Abs in six. The Abs are like one five and one in their last seven. So yeah, yeah. the Abs have been the Abs have been rough for maybe two weeks now. So I'm going to agree with you on the the Abs in six because I, I I don't think Nashville has a chance to win the series, but I could see them winning a game. I they should win one game, and you know I could see them stealing a second one. But also, I'm pretty sure UC Saros is hurt. Is he hurt? Oh, Saros is hurt. I mean, yeah, Saros is hurt. It says he's coming back in mid-May. So their mm. starter right now is David Riddich. I think he's six. He's oh, he's six and seven. He's six, three, and four. So he has he has seven losses, and his ooh, his GAA is a three point five seven. Mm-hmm. All right, I take it back. I'm going Abs in five. Okay. I, I still, I still think Avs in six, or I, I, it could be a sweep. But either way, the Avs. Well, mid May, mid May. If you're looking at May fifteenth as the indicator, May fifteenth is Game Seven. So that is basically the whole series that mm-hmm. Saros is out, and you know how good Saros is. So yeah. I, I, they're, they're, dude, they're going to need Yossi to carry them. Like they're going to need him to lock down that defense. Yeah. Um, that's going to be an interesting one. Uh, what about Kings Oilers? Kings Oilers. Um. This one's interesting. I, I I don't want to count the Kings out, um, but I, I do think Edmonton is just like the much better team here. You know, the Kings obviously do have the experience in goaltending, which is like what Edmonton lacks the most. But Mike Smith has been really good lately. Mike Smith's like really stepped up. Um, I think he won his late, like last eight straight starts, um, if I'm not mistaken. So I, I do think Edmonton's gotten hot here at the right time. And, uh, you know, I do think Connor McDavid is just like going to have to you know, step it up a notch with, with dry sidle. So, um, you know, I'm going Oilers in, in five here. Um, I just think, like, like I said, I don't want to count the Kings out, but I, I do think just Edmonton's offense is too much. And Smith has been playing well, like LA doesn't really score a lot of goals. So, you know, I, I really just think offense takes over here um, for Edmonton. So the Kings have also been playing pretty well. Um, they're six, three and one in their last 10. They also don't have Dowdy. This is going to be, they don't have the Dowdy, but this is going to be my hot take. I think the Kings find a way to get it done against the Oilers in seven. And the reason I'm saying that is I know the Oilers have Dreisaitl. I know they have McDavid. Um, you know, they have Smith, like you just said, he's been playing really hot. But what I will say is the Kings have a lot of playoff experience in the past. I know they're kind of getting a little younger here, but, you know, Kopitar, Still had 67 points this season. You know what a pain in the neck firsthand that guy can be come playoff time. They got Philip Deneau. He's been playing pretty well as well. They also have Victor Arvidsson. So they have a bunch of different guys who can step up where they need. I know they're going to, you know, they're, listen, Deneau is for sure going to have to figure out which guy he wants to shut down, either McDavid or Dreisaitl. He can't do both. So, that's that's a problem in itself, but I, I don't know, man. I just think Edmonton's not really made for the playoffs. And if, if this was my hot take, I think that the Kings, I'm I'm gonna go the Kings in seven here. One interesting stat also in the last three games between these two teams, they played four times this year. Neither team has scored a power play goal. That's pretty interesting. That is that is interesting. And also 
we've played the Kings multiple times. We played them what three times this year and no, nah, t- nah, twice, twice, twice. Was it twice? Yeah. Okay, well, both times we played them, I know we beat them once, right? And we lost once. We lost uh, in LA. I don't remember the game in we, New York. Yeah, yeah, we had the overtime. The the oh, uh, the shootout. Fox's yeah. backhand. That yeah. was nasty. Yeah, and the Laffy won. But you know, listen, they were a tough team both times we played them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why I thought we played them three times, but you know, they 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 were pesky. And I remember I said to you months ago, like months ago, that the Kings were a good team and they're a team to look out for. Mm-hmm. And here they are in playoffs. And, you know, they, they got that third seed. They're playing the Oilers who have a, a much more high-octane type of offense against them. But I don't know, man. I just think uh, some way, somehow, they're going to get it done. So yeah. uh, that's my take. And and lastly, let's, let's go to the Blues Wild. I know this is your series to watch, so I'm going to let you start it off here. So I don't steal any of your thunder. Yeah, I, I mean, I think this to me is is going to be the most fun series to watch out of out of any series. This has all the makings of, of a game seven series on it. It's definitely going seven games. I think uh, these teams are so evenly matched. It's kind of it, it's honestly it's going to be an electric factory. It's it's really kind of sucks that they both have to play each other and knock one out right from the get go. Uh, you got the Blues. They're always a solid playoff squad. They still have a ton of studs from their 2019 Cup team. Uh, they have 230 goal scorers in Tarasenko. Uh, close your eyes, Johnny, former Ranger and our buddy. Uh, just kidding, but uh, Pavel Buchnevich over there, friend of the show, who friend of the show, who my goodness had 76 points this year. That's a career high. Uh, on top of that, the Blues also had six other 20 plus goal scorers. Uh, they have a ton of firepower here, and they also have Ryan O'Reilly, who had 19 goals. But you know what? That guy can do some damage come playoffs. He was a huge, huge factor of their 2019 Cup team. And Billy Huso, man, he has been fantastic all season long, 25-6 and six record. Uh, they're they're going to be a tough team to, to out. Uh, I would not be surprised, another hot take, if this team makes a run to the Cup. Um, but – Onto the wild. I mean, they got Kirill the thrill guy had a monster season with 105 points, 45 goals, which is crazy. They have two other 30 goal scorers in Hartman and Kevin Fiala. I've told you I'm a big fan of Kevin Fiala. I wish the Rangers found some way to get him. Uh, they have a handful of other, you know, 20 plus goal scorers. One being our, our other good friend of the show, Matt Zuccarello. Uh, <laughs> he, he also had a career year this year with 79 points. Um, they have rookie Matt Boldy. I, I think he has to at least be considered for the Calder. He had 39 points in 45 games. The one issue for me was their goaltending, and now they addressed it with Flower. Uh, I, I don't know. Do you think Flower is going to start? Do you think Talbot's going to start? What do you think? I think Talbot's starting. I think Talbot's the guy. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, so so listen, they traded for Flower. I think they're probably going to give him the go ahead for game one. That's that's my guess, but. You know, they have another good goaltender in, in Talbot. I just don't know if, if Talbot really has that necessary experience. But I'll tell you, man, like I said, it's a shame these two teams have to meet in round one. Um, I'm going to give this slight edge to St. Louis. So I'm going St. Louis in seven. Okay. I, I agree with a lot of the things you said here. I am going to say my statement first, and I think I told you this before, but I'm saying St. Louis in five. I think St. Louis is the most slept on team going into this playoffs right now. Like I said, they got the second best power play and they have the fifth best penalty kill and Minnesota has the 25th, I guess, or seventh worst penalty kill. So I think special teams is going to be a huge, huge factor in this series and dating back to last year, the blues have won nine out of the last 10 meetings between these two teams. 
The Blues have owned Minnesota. Yeah. Owned. Yeah. Owned yeah. Minnesota. And that one win was an overtime win uh, back on like May 1st, 2021, last year, where Minnesota won 4-3 to three in overtime. So St. Louis has dominated you know these matchups in the last two seasons. And St. Louis, like I said, before the Tampa Bay Lightning, they're the last team that's won the Cup. Like They have you know, a one-two punch in that. Obviously, Billy Huso is the guy. Bennington hasn't been the best this year, but he's shown that he's capable of stepping in when needed. So I, I think this is St. Louis' series. I think everyone might be uh, overhyping Minnesota a little bit. I know they have a lot of firepower up front, but, you know, we've seen in the past this team hasn't been able to get it done in the playoffs. Like, you know, I think they've been there every year, and they just can't seem to get past the second round, similar like what Washington was, you mm-hmm. know, until they got it done. So, um, you know, I, I think Minnesota just might be like uh, that word fraud fraud damn he came yeah. out with it okay all yeah. right yeah i mean listen it's 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 not a bad take uh well, I, I agree minnesota you know they 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 could see an early out but I, I think honestly on the other side of the spectrum they they busted us up twice yeah um you know they they could easily beat st louis i mean they yeah. can they can beat st louis in five like i i just think these two teams are so evenly matched that it, it's really is a coin flip which is why i think this just has game seven written all over it mm-hmm. uh, i think that was like maybe the third or fourth game seven i said but i just <laughs> think a lot of these a lot of these matchups are like closer than you think so um yeah that that should be interesting and you know before we send it over to tom did you have any other questions did you want to talk about anything else i'm trying to think of like uh you know something we can kind of look forward to maybe i was gonna ask you some rapid fire questions here for the, for the rangers players. so yeah, um you know, I want to ask you just some quick things off the bat. Who do you think scores the first goal in the playoffs for the Rangers? First goal of the playoffs for the Rangers, Frankie Vitrano. That was mine, you scumbag. Was it? <laughs> yeah. Dude. Oh no, I, I actually I picked Frankie for the next question. I'm going to ask you. Wow. Really? Um, okay. I think I think the first person to score in the playoffs is Laugh. I'm actually taking Laugh as the first goal scorer. That would be sick. Yeah, I think that'd be sick. And uh, the second question, so my answer was Vitrano. Who do you think scores the first overtime goal if we go to an overtime game? Oh. I'm going with big boy Jacob Truba. Jacob Truba in overtime. That's a good one. Yep. Um, yep. Nice okay. And then, slapper. huh? I said a nice slapper from next the question. Do we see a fight in game one? I feel like we've been seeing a fight every single game the Rangers have played this year, like mm-hmm. at least for the last like 20 games. I feel like they've fought in every single game. So I, I feel like I have to say yes. I kind of feel a Brian Boyle and Jacob. I was Truba just going to say Brian Boyle is going to find some way to be in that fight. Mm-hmm. Boyle Truba. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Sorry, what's the question? I knew Siri was going to fucking say anything, That's something. Funny. So who do you think has the most goals for the Rangers throughout all of playoffs? I'm taking Frankie Petrano. Um, He's scored eight goals in 21 games since joining the team. I think a lot of the attention when he, when he's out there is going to be on Kreider and Zibanejad. Wow. I, I think Frankie is a, he, he's but a he shouldn't play with Kreider, right? He shouldn't play with Kreider. Yeah, that one's backfired on me for sure. <laughs> I really thought he should play with Panarin and Strom, but it's obviously been proven that he can play with Kreider and Zibanejad. But then again, Dragulon is known to shuffle up the line. So we could see some, you know, different combinations happen throughout the playoffs if, if things aren't working. Um, you know, something I would even do or consider is like putting a cop, uh, cop up with, you know, uh, Zabanjad and Kreider and having Frankie take his spot because dude, Panarin and Petrano, I really think they'd be a great one, two punch. Like mm-hmm. as great as cop has been with them, Petrano is a guy. If you find the puck, if you get the puck on his stick in the right spot, he's going to score nine times out of 10. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, listen, good, good answer. Mm-hmm. I'm going with Mika Zabanjad. I mm-hmm. think that's your guy. That's my guy, but I think he's going to have a hell of a playoffs. Uh, I think my guess is he's going to have nine goals these playoffs and, and he's going to go off nine goals. Hint, hint, we're going to be in here for a long time. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but on that note, who do you think out of you know all the teams in the playoffs is going to have the most goals? I'm going the Pacific Division, and I'm taking him. What? Me too. Okay. And not only because I think he's just going to score a lot, but also because I think this team is going to go really far. I actually think they're probably going to end up winning the Western Conference, and that's the Calgary Flames. And I'm going with Matthew Kachuk. I am going the Flames as well, but I'm going Elias Lindholm. Elias Lindholm, really? What do you mean? Saying really like that. He had the same amount of goals this year as Kachuk. I know, but like, I just feel like Kachuk's more built for the playoffs. I don't know. No, 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 no. Don't don't put the disrespect on Lindholm's name. He's he's a beast, and I think he's going to have a hell of a playoffs. Um, my guess is he's going to have eleven goals. What? How many goals do you think Kachuk's having? Thirteen. Ooh. Okay. Okay. For for reference, Braden Point had fourteen last year, mm-hmm. um, and then the next closest next to him, I believe, was eight. So clearly, he dominated those playoffs. So you might not find too many guys going on an absolute tear like that. So mm-hmm. should be interesting. Yeah, but I think that wraps it up for us for this week. We're going to have another episode coming out Thursday, which will preview game two of the Rangers-Penguins series. We're going to try to stay consistent with the Monday-Thursday episodes. But, uh, Cody, if you don't have anything else to say, I think we should kick it over to Tom Ertz. Yeah, the only thing is our Thursday episodes will probably be a little shorter, and then it'll uh, more so just be uh, game reactions and and, and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, let's end it. All right. Enjoy, everybody. This week for the playoffs, we are very happy to bring on a new guest, a special guest, someone that we are proud to call a friend now, a big Rangers personality that you might recognize from Blue Shirts Banter, Tom Ertz Jr. Tom, welcome to the show. What's going on? Thanks for having me. How's it going? We're good, man. We're pumped. We got playoff hockey back for the first time in five years, and I'm legal to drink and watch playoff hockey. Yeah, it's hard to think about it, Um, I guess, in context to like – this weekend, my brother graduated from college, so that was a four-year experience. So to think, you know, the last time they were in the playoffs was, you know, a year before he started college. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's a really long time ago. Right. Yeah, no, it, it, it definitely is. And it, it's funny because I make fun of Johnny because I call him a baby. <laughs> and like, last time we were in playoffs, he couldn't even drink, which is, is crazy to think about. Um, but, yeah, I, I guess I would love to start off with, you know, how do you get into your – Rangers fandom. I know you write for uh, Blue Shirts Banter. I think you do some uh, Vegas Golden Knights stuff as well now. So, uh, floor is yours. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been a Rangers fan since uh, I've been a kid. Um, I would say, like, you know, started going to games like in 1999 um, and just, you know, going to the first game. And, like, it, it was weird because, like, a lot of people talk about, like, you know, like the 1994 team and everything. But, you know, I was, you know, it was not even two yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but you still had some remnants of that team, you know, you know, Messier um, was around, you know, once, once he was required, Leach, Richter and all that. So you would see these guys um, and it's like, you know, these, and the way my dad explained it to me is like, you know, these guys were legends and stuff like that. And then just as time goes on, you know, there's that period, you know, between like 99 and 04, where there's a lot of crap going on, you know, a lot of, uh, random players, you know, whether it's like Deal Flurry, Eric Lindros, Mike Dunham. Um, <laughs> oh my God, Mike Dunham. Yeah, the last goalie to wear the 30 before Hank. Uh-huh. Um so yeah, I mean just start off with that. Um and then as time goes on, you know, um the internet becomes more of a thing and you know just start blogging and stuff and mm-hmm. kept with it and here we are now. Yeah, digital's digital is definitely uh taken over. How'd you uh how'd you get into the I guess switching to the Vegas Knights. So that so with the Vegas Golden Knights, that was just sort of like a thing where um, 
I've stepped in sort of temporarily. Um, so with SB Nation, they obviously have a lot of different mm-hmm. contributors. Right. And the guy who that was running the site, um, he actually got hired by the, um, I think it's the Las Vegas Sun. So mm-hmm. he's he's now doing this completely full time. Mm-hmm. Um, so so there was an opening, and you know I've been around SB Nation for a while. So it was a little bit of a fun experiment. Like um, the season obviously didn't end great for them. So I hope that I didn't crazy un- anything crazy un- underwhelming, huh? Yeah, it, it's weird. I mean, like a lot of people like to look at it. It's like, you know, and it was interesting, like people want to hate Vegas and I can understand reasons why I don't get it. Not well, well, I, don't I would it. love to hear your perspective yeah. on it because you're writing on them a little bit. And there was all that talk with Eichel coming to the Rangers. And if the Rangers don't get Eichel, they're not going anywhere, blah, blah, blah. And now here we are, and and here they are who actually got Eichel. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting dynamic because it's very easy to look at Vegas and be like, you know what, this is a team that went to the Stanley Cup final in their very first year. So they have not had to go through any hardships. And obviously this being the first year, they missed the playoffs. And it's just a thing where, like, you know, they've Mm -hmm. been seemingly been able to add all of this talent and that – can piss off people, whether it's them trading for Pacioretty, obviously getting Eichel, signing um, Petrangelo. And then there's also like the, you know, jettisoning of Marc-Andre Fleury coming off a a Vezina winning season and um, extending laner. So basically that I think rubs some people the long way. And then there's also the, the concept of um, they won't, wanted to wait for laner to get his surgery and stuff so like i can understand elements of it but there were a lot of um interesting stories with like some of their younger players who were you know whether they were like third or fourth liners being asked to step up into to bigger roles and they did a pretty good job um i mean an interesting thing for me was just watching brett howden actually look like an nhl player and it's it's interesting because you know, he got a lot of shit while he was in New York. A lot of shit. Was, yeah. Not all of it was his fault. I mean, as we look back and we look at, and it's only been a year of Gerard Gallant. And, you know, one thing that I look at is he's had a better feel of where to put guys and sometimes moving people up, moving down. Like, I know people get annoyed with when Lafreniere was on the fourth line <laughs> or Lafreniere was with a healthy scratch. And, like, that shit pissed me off, too. But, like under David Quinn, it sort of to me was this concept of right, this is a guy who's been a college coach. He's been used to be having top tier talent who are around for a little bit and go go onward. But then you have these other guys who are in the middle who, you know, you just tell them what to do and they do it. There's no pushback. There's no anything right. like that. Um, but yeah, Howden looked really good. And, you know, it was it was an interesting season for Vegas. I, I think, you know. You know, once the dust settles a little bit, like I'm, I think Pete DeBoer is probably going to get fired. Like just the way he's sort of met with the media over the last couple of days, like when they asked him about Laner and his comment was sort of like, well, I'm kind of worried about who's around now. And it's, it's sort of this like, I don't really give a fuck type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see. But um, it, it's been interesting, but it's, it's obviously great, you know, um, right. that the Rangers are back in the playoffs and, um, you know, that'll be good to focus on and not, you know, what Vegas was not doing. So I want to switch gears quickly and just dive into this Rangers Penguin series because I'm starting to have a little bit of like, not second thoughts, but. Oh my God. No, no, no. Here we dude, go. Dude, everyone, everyone like literally 
I see every analyst, like anyone that covers the NHL right now is counting out the Penguins. Like not only Ranger fans, like literally people that just cover the game of hockey. Almost everyone I've seen has picked the Rangers to win this series. Do you think there's just any like, I mean, I don't know how to word it even, but but I think is there like an overconfidence maybe and just because of how much the Rangers have dominated in the regular season that like, should we not be overlooking Pittsburgh as much as everyone is? So I think there's two elements to it. So the first is I don't think this group is going to go into this series with a sense of overconfidence because mm-hmm. the, the general vibe all year long has not been really trying to look too far ahead. It's just going game to game. Mm-hmm. And you have sort of like a mixed complexion of the roster. Where you have young guys who obviously don't have playoff experience. You have some guys who have gotten as far in the Stanley Cup final and lost, like like Reeves. Um, then you have guys like Panarin who's had, you know, some playoff experience. Um, and then you have guys you know, like Strasurkin who, yeah, this is his first real playoff experience in the NHL, but he won a championship in the KHL and obviously mm-hmm. – playing against, you know, some top talent. I think the, the, when I look at this, people don't want to count out Sidney Crosby. They don't want to count out Evgeny Malkin and mm-hmm. Crystal Tang. Like they've won three Stanley cups and they, you know, the last team, you know, before, um, you know, Tampa to win back to back and right. they did it in two regular seasons. Um, so I think there's this sort of like respect that you want to give them. And obviously Mike Sullivan, who's a really good coach and he's had the experience of making the most when guys have been injured. So even though, yeah, I get that they're going to be probably missing Zucker to start Jari. Mm-hmm. That's just sort of what Pittsburgh has always been um, used to. And I think there's also this element of people not wanting to, give the Rangers all of their due yet because as mm-hmm. we saw all year long the per, you know the prevailing narrative was they're just Shesterkin they're just the power play was there some truth to that yes yeah. but you look at how they address things at the trade deadline how mm-hmm. they actually brought in NHL talent and it wasn't just bringing in NHL talent it was pushing people who were playing um, above their means further mm-hmm. down in the lineup to where you have some guys who are healthy scratches right now who who probably could be in the lineup. So mm-hmm. um, I think, and like, obviously, you know, if the series doesn't go the way that it, it does, um, the people could be looking back on this and be like, wow. But the Rangers realistically should win this series in five or six games. And the mm-hmm. reason why I say that is for the Penguins to win this series, they're going to have to beat Shostakovich four times. And I just don't see them being able to do that based on how the games have gone this yeah. year. And considering some of those games were before they, they upgraded the roster. Um, now, obviously playoff hockey is completely different than the regular season. We've seen guys who suck in the regular season that they just turn it on when, when the playoffs start. But when you look at this roster and I guess the confidence for me is a lot went right for the Rangers, but there's also some things that you didn't exactly go the play as planned. Like you could say Lafreniere had a really good end of the season, but there are some people who look at him as he's a number one overall pick. You want a little bit more out of him. You want to say you didn't have Capocacco the entire year. Um, You look at how much was propelled by Chris Kreider scoring as many goals as he did. He never scored 30 in a year. He scores 52. Mm -hmm. So you could look at it from the perspective of this team accomplished a lot with not 
everyone playing up to their complete potential. And this playoff series gives them an opportunity for other guys to step up and, and you know, um, propel them forward. So I look at this as a very good experience for them. And I think the Rangers, um, they should win this series. And I think after that, Igor can steal around. And if he does steal around, then after that, you know, you're kind of playing with house money. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I agree with that take Tom, and I, I want to dive a little bit further into the breakdown of the Rangers and the Penguins matchup. I mean, the last time we played Pittsburgh in a playoffs was 2016. Uh, they beat us in five games. It was the start to, you know, their two back-to-back cups. Uh, what'd you say? That was the emergence of Matt Murray, which is I'm af- exactly which is what, yeah, which is what I'm yeah. afraid of right now. Because right, sorry, so, well, listen, well, listen. So <laughs> that happened, but the Rangers team then were an old team, kind mm-hmm. of on their last leg. This time around, I'm hoping it's kind of a complete role reversal where we're really building something special here, and this Pittsburgh team is an old team, kind of on their last legs. So if you dive a little bit more into the Rangers, I mean, we have a 50 goal scorer. Um, in Kreider, first time, you know, since when Yager, yeah, Yager. So then we have four players over 70 points. First time we've done that since 1994. I mentioned this to Johnny back in when, like February, when we were going to do this. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I assumed it would happen in February. We were trending that way and we have all these special things going on with this team. But the one thing I would, you know, love to know from you guys is who do you think for both the Rangers and the Penguins, might be like a game breaker, um, an X factor, and also maybe like a bust in in this pl- in this playoff series. Like for me, I, I I could start. I think the game and not including Igor. I mean, I think he's obviously the game breaker. Um, I think for me, it has to be our Tammy Panarin here. Uh, he really needs to do his thing, and you know he's over a one point two eight points per game. I think this year, so he obviously had a tremendous year. He's he missed. I think he missed 10 games in the end. So, you know, he had an incredible year. I think he needs to do his thing. Um, X factor. I told Johnny this last week, I think it's gotta be Chris Kreider. He keeps needing to do his thing and and scoring goals. If he does that, you know, we'll be just fine. And then for me, for a bust and and Johnny cover your ears, I think it's going to be Ryan Strom. Um, Johnny's laughing at me because that's, that's his, that's his guy. He's been, he's been giving Ryan Strom praise for a couple of weeks saying fans are going to fall in love with him during the playoffs. But um, he, he'd be the one guy for me that it wouldn't surprise me at all if he was, you know, pretty much a non-factor in this series. But I would love to hear your guys' thoughts as well. Uh, sure. So I'll go first and um, before I give it. So it's interesting you bring up the past series with Pittsburgh because, to me, I feel like the Rangers are kind of responsible for the fact that they won those two Stanley Cups because <laughs> you, you, you look at how they come back Obviously, the Marty San Luis series, they're, they're down. They come back. Mm-hmm. The next year, they win in five games. And the reason why they won that series in particular is because the Rangers were a fast team. They played with, um, with pace. And basically, the Penguins, they looked at that series and they're like, we have to rebuild. We have to change. We have a lot of slow guys. And then mm-hmm. they did exactly that. They brought in right. Kessel. And that Connor was – um, yeah, exactly. They did a lot of little things that they learned from that loss to the Rangers because they pretty much got embarrassed. Um, mm. So it, I, I think definitely that this time around, the Rangers, they certainly will have that sort of concept in mind. But um, for breakout, um, I don't know if you could consider it a breakout, but I think Cop is a guy that 
is going he's basically he's playing for big money right now like right. obviously he's he played really well um in the regular season for for the rangers but he's gonna have a lot points. of yeah exactly and he's gonna have a lot of attention on him a lot of national attention mm-hmm. um and you know he's the type of player that generally gets paid in free agency like i i don't have the list off the top of my head but i don't think there's a ton of um premier like forwards who are free agents like i know on the center front like Kadri is going to be someone that people are going to throw money at um strom could get a lot but cop sort of fills in this spot where you can play him at center you can play him at wing um so i i certainly think that he's someone that is going to look to use this to earn himself a lot more money um as for x factor um i mean i don't know if this is sort of like fantasy casting but I think that this is a perfect opportunity for Lafreniere. Um, I feel that younger players these days, they're more, you might not see them as active on social media, but I think they're in tune with what people are saying. And I definitely feel like he's the type of guy that he's heard all the noise and like, oh, you know, he's not really producing like former number one picks have, you know, did the Rangers, you know, make yeah. a mistake and all, all this stuff. And this gives him an opportunity to um, make a name for himself. And even if depending, doesn't matter how far they go, if he's one of their top players, a lot of people are going to forget about what happened in the regular season. Right. Right. Uh, and then as for bust, um, it's tough. I mean, I, I can kind you of could just say Ryan Strom if you want. <laughs> so, so, so like I can agree with Ryan Strom just because it seems like, um, you know, when they added cop, it was sort of like, and obviously he's playing with the momentum, the momentum yeah. building up of cop. It's right. And you feel like he's saying to himself, like, you know, am I getting replaced? You know, have I mm-hmm. lost an opportunity to sign long-term here? Because I do felt feel bad for Strom because he's never had a long-term deal in his career. He had his entry level deal. And then we'll since that, somewhere been, else. yeah, exactly. But, um, that if I were to go with another one, just to not be, um, not not to steal your answer it's it's tough for me to say but Kreider is someone I could just potentially see not that he's going to be bad mm-hmm. but he's going to regress just enough that you know he's not as big of an impact player because like he's been on an amazing heater but how long is that going to last can that last another round two rounds three rounds um, right. So I guess for him, it would just be what he was previously. And, and that's not a terrible thing. But I think a lot of people are like, oh, man, he had this amazing regular season. He's going to score a bunch of goals in the playoffs. Could he? Yeah. I mean, the other thing is, depending on how many power plays they have, and we know right. in the playoffs, that can be inconsistent. Yeah. Um, well, but, that's why I chose Kreider for my X Factor guy because mm-hmm. he need he, like he's not really an X Factor because he's he's such a good player already. But like, right? He is because he needs to keep up what he did the entire season mm-hmm. for this team to be successful throughout the entire playoffs. Unless you're going to ask, you know, three four guys to cover that type of production, and we we all know, you know, the refs kind of eat their whistles come playoffs. So like, mm-hmm. the Rangers especially Kreider. I mean, a majority of his goals are on that power play. So, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see uh, kind of what we do without as many power plays, but um, Johnny, how about you? Yeah. I mean, I was also thinking, I mean, you guys both had great answers, but 
Um, you know, I, I am going to kind of disagree with, with both of you. No offense. Okay. Um, for, for a breakout player, like I do think it is Ryan Strom and Cody, like obviously you can attest. I've been saying this for probably over a month now, simply because, and, and you guys made the good point about cop, but if Strom and cop are playing on the same line together with Panarin, it's not like, they really, are. yeah. Yeah. So it's not really a competition of like who's outperforming who, right. They're both in the same boat. And, you know, obviously they both are thinking about a contract, but they both also want to win a Stanley cup. Like these are two guys who love to compete right. and haven't won shit yet in their career and the only way to get individual success for them is to have team success like if they lose in the first round guess what those guys probably aren't going to be very highly valuable but if this team gets the cup a large part of it is going to be the way they play and every team's going to take notice of that and they'll, they'll both get the individual success you know so mm-hmm. i think in this series like the the top guys like you know the malkins the crosby's the latangs are kind of canceled out by the zibanejads panarins and foxes you know, I think everyone kind of expects those three to perform for each team. And a lot of the focus and attention will be on those three guys from the other team. Right. And the reason why I picked Strom to be a breakout player is because Strom is on that first power play unit. And a lot of the Penguins focus probably will go to Kreider because, you know, most of the Rangers goals on the power play come out of Kreider. So I think Ryan Strom will be that guy who's kind of left open a little bit here and there because, you know, you got the Mika one-timer. That's a huge threat to Pittsburgh. So I'm sure, you know, they're going to try to limit those. And then who's open back door? Probably Ryan Strom. Like, you know, just, just kind of like how I'm thinking in that sense. Like, I, I just think he'll have the most opportunity because the focus and attention won't necessarily be on him. So that's why I think uh, he'll be the breakout guy. And listen, this could be the biggest fucking coldest take ever. But, you know, that's kind of just what I've been saying for, for about a month because I think – you know, he's a guy who's been such a love-hate player by the Ranger fans for, you know, probably like two to three years now, honestly. And not that he has a lot to prove, but I, I've, I've gone back to that bubble series with Carolina, like first shift, Ryan Strom fights Justin Williams. You know, like he's just a guy who cannot necessarily set the tone, but a guy who just understands that he has to give a little bit more than, than what he did in the regular season. And he had a career high in goals. Like he, he probably is feeling yeah. good right now. So who's your bust then, Johnny? My bus? Oh my God. I really, I really don't want to say it. Um, I'm really scared, honestly, because like, not bust, but I'm just like nervous. You're gonna say Panarin, huh? No, I'm really not. Okay. It's gonna be, it's gonna come as a surprise. Actually, I don't think he's gonna be a bust, but I am a little nervous to see how Adam uh, Fox plays in the series, just because I, I know, like I, I'm don't confident in him. You. No, I'm I'm confident in him. I, I've always <laughs> believed in him, and he, he's always outperformed, um, you know, everywhere he's been. But you know, he's not necessarily the toughest player, and they're gonna be very very physical on Adam. Like they're gonna. Pittsburgh, Brian Russ is going to go after Adam Fox and Brian Boyle and all these big guys are going to try to get him off his game. And he's never played on a stage like this. I know he's played in the world juniors and gold medals, game, gold medal games like that, but he's never played in the Stanley Cup playoffs for his homegrown team in Madison Square Garden, where he's gone to probably, you know, tens and twenties of playoff games before. Yeah. And he just, I, I think he might feel like a little extra pressure than ever before in his life. So I am a little nervous. I don't think he's going to play bad, but he's like the one guy where I'm like, you know, interesting to see how he does because this is his first real playoff series um yeah yeah i mean that's interesting i find it funny that you mentioned brian boyle because me and my dad always joke like i feel like when he played for us he was the biggest i loved him no not at all what do you mean he was a beast oh my god i don't think dude feel free to cut in tom if you if you want to take a side here toughness (laughs) i think his toughness was a one on a soft level when he played for us and then all of a sudden he left us and went to other no no i'm not saying i didn't like him as a player Mm -hmm. i really liked him as a player i just don't think he was a tough player and he's this huge massive guy and then i think when he left us he all of a sudden got this like newfound toughness everywhere else and became you know i don't know that's just my take but um i disagree i i think part of it is i think part of it is that one of the 
I don't know if it was the team that he went to directly after us or one of the first was um, Tampa Bay. And then yeah. obviously we played against Tampa Bay. But, like, I can remember the series against Ottawa, um, you know, back in, I think it was 20, 2012, 2013. Well, he scored goals um, in the first three games. I'm not saying he's like, not, he wasn't a good scorer. I'm saying – He I wasn't a good scorer. No, <laughs> he wasn't a good scorer. But That's like, true. But... Ottawa Senators, like, wanted to kill him. Like, they yeah, yeah. felt like he was getting under their skin. Mm-hmm. But I think with Boyle, it was a consistency thing. And I, I feel like that was something, like, Tortorello talked about. Like, uh-huh. you have this massive guy, and it's yeah. sort of like – you know, he could be a little bit more aggressive and it's like almost like he's afraid to hurt someone. But um, Boyle at this point, like, I don't even know if he's that big of a factor because the wheels aren't there. Mm-hmm. So, I'm like, just saying physical presence. Might, you know, he's just going to go. He's just going to go after Fox. I mean, maybe. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know how much physicality there's going to be this series because you have so much skill. And like, I agree. Gonna get I agree with that. To the, it just doesn't it doesn't serve Pittsburgh's interest to try and muck it up so to speak because mm-hmm. i think the rangers are better equipped for that and then they'll just you know they'll outskill them one of the well, best brian oh sorry God, i was just no no go ahead i say one of the best brian boyle things uh from 24 7 when the rangers were on it against the flyers i remember tortorello came in the locker room after like you know the first period of a game i think it was like in st louis maybe and <laughs> i guess like boyle fucked up in the first period and tortorello goes Brian Boyle, we've done that defensive zone coverage all season long. You got a fucking microphone on, and you can't think straight. <laughs> so, it was so funny, <laughs> man. I was yeah, crying at that. There's a lot of good moments with him yeah. on 24 7. Torch yeah. the best. But yeah. I got to say, my X Factor. Okay, let's hear it. So it's 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 going to be a, a mix because it's like kind of like both. It's true, but Miller. Every player on the team. Nah, it's no, it's true, but Miller because they're going to be relied upon to shut down Crosby in that top line. And if they don't, then the Rangers are toast. Yeah. But like, like we said, like uh, Tom, I've actually gone back to the stat pretty much the entire time we talked about Pittsburgh and the Rangers matching up. The Penguins have only scored one five and five goal against the Rangers in three games this year, so or four games. They've only scored one five and five goal, so that's something huge to watch. Also, if Pittsburgh can, can you know, well, figure out a way to score. All right, well, let's look at the other side of the coin here, and let's yeah. let's kind of do the same, you know, question here on on the Penguins, right? So. My first question on the Penguins is, you know, what do we really know about Tristan Jari? Um, he's obviously out games one and two. They just mm-hmm. announced. So DeSmith is is their starter the first two games. So that's a big advantage for us. Um, but he's not bad by any no. means. He's 11, 6, and 5 this year with a 2.79 GAA and 914 save percentage in 24 starts. So, you know, he does have some solid numbers here. Uh, we've talked about it today. I mean, the Penguins have so many talented players um, for me, in terms of game breakers, I mean, obviously Sid, but I'm going, I'm going with Gensel. I think he had an unreal year. I had over 40 goals. Uh, he's the guy to me that they're going to need to find a way to really slow down. I feel like he's also a bit of a ranger killer um, in the in the past, mm-hmm. uh, last year. So for me, I think he's the game breaker. Um, X Factor, I want to say Chris Letang because he's still so good, but I don't know if that's really an X Factor. So I'm actually going to go with Jeff Carter. Because it was, he had he is 37 years old and he still had 45 points this year with 19 goals. So he's the guy who's going to be really dangerous. Who on top of all these other skilled forwards, they're going to need to figure out a way to shut him down as well. In addition to you know Russ, Gino, uh, Gensel, and Cross. So there's a lot of Kroz. a lot of different guys who. What did you say? Cross. I've never heard that. Cross. Yeah. <laughs> That's a new um, one for me. <laughs> yeah, but um, and then in terms of in terms of busts, I'm actually going to go with Malkin here. So 
I know he's been hurt a good amount of the season, but he's been very dangerous when he's been healthy. Um, but he, he's my choice who I think they're going to do a really good job shutting him down. And I don't think he's going to, uh, get anything going here. And, uh, in, in terms of, you know, we, we, uh, we have Igor and they don't like we always say. So in, in terms of prediction, uh, Tom, I think, I think you're spot on there with, with either five or six games Rangers. Um, I said last week that we'll win in five. So I'm going to stick with that take, but I would love to hear your guys' thoughts. I agree with you on Gensel. Like Gensel and Rust are just two players that they've really stepped up over the last couple of years. And, mm-hmm. you know, they are, for me, are sort of like the primary threats along with um, with Crosby. Right. Um, as as for potential with a breakout, I'll go with who they acquired at the trade deadline, Ricard Raquel. Yeah. Um, they originally acquired him as, you know, someone they thought was going to play on the Malkin line. That didn't work out so well, and they played him with Crosby, and they've had some limited success. So I think anyone that's getting fed by Crosby has the opportunity to break out um, as a potential X factor. Like you mentioned, like obviously Jeff Carter having a really good season. Um, someone else who had a really good season in somewhat unexpected fraction is uh, Evan Rodriguez. Yeah, um, that's the guy I'm on. Yeah, someone who um, yeah. is – this is an opportunity for him. And especially as you talk about, you know, if, if Malkin is not going to step up as expected, like, you know, he's a free agent at the end of this year, is, is this the potential for, for Rodriguez to um, cement himself as more of a, a top six player going forward? Um, that That's something interesting. Um, and then for, for bust, I, I agree with Malkin, but if I were to, Go with someone else. Um, I just, you know, pick the Smith just because I, I personally am not too impressed with him as a goalie. Um, I, I just think that I feel that a lot of times, you know, I, I feel like he's a goalie that was pulled a lot this year. Like uh-huh. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but um, just you know, looking at his numbers, they're about league average. And like this is a year where you know goaltending was pretty much down as opposed you know, saying like Igor and a couple of others, but um, right. I, I, I feel like, you know, the Smith is just like, he's thrust into the starter role and he has a bad first two games and then they don't really have any options. And then that yeah. just turns yeah. the tide. Yeah. You know, no, no, that's a great pick. Uh, the, the thing I'm nervous about and, and Johnny put this into my head is, you know, in the past, the Rangers have made backups look like superstars. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the one thing I like have in my mind. But I think he's a very beatable goalie. Again, like I said, I think he is good, but you're absolutely right. And, you know, if he has a bad game one and gets in his own head, that and then it's over, you know? I would agree with that. Like, and also like the, with the backup point, like if we see Louis Domingue at any point, like I can remember when he was on the late He game, crushes like- us, right? I feel like he's one of those like random backups that have he played against us twice, I think. Yeah. But I mean, if the Rangers let shitty goaltending like end their season, like, or rather like not shitty goaltending, but like shitty goaltenders, you know, outperform, like Mm -hmm. they have much bigger problems and that's a completely other conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And how about you, John? All right. So I'm going to (laughs) start, you guys are going to make fun of me because, uh, I'm starting with the uh, the X factor in the series. And again, okay. it's not an individual. <laughs> it's, it's a unit. But the Penguins, we're forgetting here. The Penguins have the third best penalty kill in the league right now. And the Rangers' bread and butter is the power play. So mm-hmm. if the Penguins are able to kill off the Rangers' 
you know, all their power play momentum. And we have seen them, you know, be able to score five and five now post deadline because they added cop and Petrano and Mott obviously was hurt. And, um, you know, all these guys that can now score five and five, but man, a lot of the Rangers momentum comes from the power play. So I, I think we scored one power play goal. Let me just double check. Yeah. In the four games, the Rangers have played against the Penguins. We scored one power play goal. You know, these haven't been high scoring games besides the one uh, in MSG when the Rangers scored like three goals in the first five minutes, but the other games were like, you know, three, two, one, nothing. There was a three, nothing game. Um, so for me, the X factor in the series is, is the Penguins PK. You know, if, if they're able to shut down the Rangers, that, that could be a huge momentum swing for them. Yeah. Um, so that's something I have my eye on. And then as individual player goes, I think Tommy made a great point. Edwin Rodriguez, there was like one point early on in the season where he was like on a tear. And I think he just he's in the fourth line right now. He must have just slowed down. I don't really know what happened. Um, Tom, I don't know if you can attest to that more. But uh, I know there was like one point where he was like scoring like he was on like an 18 goal streak or something, right? Yeah, I remember it was earlier in the year because I think um, I don't know if it was we were playing them on national TV or mm. um, they were they were on one of the national games. And I think um, like they were interviewing Crosby and they were asking like, you know, how how this season has gone. And he was like talking about Evan Rodriguez. Um, but yeah, it's I, th- I think it was very much um, like there was some streakiness to it, but mm-hmm. when he was super hot, like then it was hard to stop them and it was completely unexpected. Yeah. So he's like another X factor. I, w- I would just say as far as that goes, but then like the, the bus for me, um, I-, I think it could be Gensel, honestly. Um, That's a good one. Cause Gensel is just like, I think everyone now has like this expectation for him because he's like, you know, become such a goal scorer, but we've right. seen the Penguins struggle to score against the Rangers. So I, I think like, you know, if Truba and, and Miller are just on top of him and like bullying him, I, I, I don't think he's going to out tough Truba. I think Truba might be able to intimidate him. Gensel's not the strongest guy in the league, but he has, you know, obviously a phenomenal shot. But I could see him like, you know, being yeah. a little scared of like a Truba and Miller. So, um, you know, I think he might be a bust. Obviously, I'm not going to say Crosby or Malkin like those two have just shown it their entire career. Like, like, I think Malkin is going to have I think he's the breakout player that I'm going to pick. Cause I, I said it too. I think he's in the contract year also, right? This is like his final, yeah, his yeah, final go. Yeah. yeah. So I yeah. think he's got to earn, you know, his, his one last contract probably of his career. He's probably gonna get like a four year deal and then retire after that somewhere. So, um, right. you know, I think he's got a lot to prove and, you know, we've seen him go on tears in the playoffs. He's definitely a, a you know, somewhat of a ranger killer. I think in the past, the only thing is like, he's such, he's such an easy guy to get under, under his skin. So, you know, I would expect like Ryan Reeves to just like, you know, fuck with him a little bit, like behind if the play. Plays. I think Reeves is going to play. I, I think you can't not play Reeves. You don't think so? So, well, first, all right, we can get into that in a second. But first yeah. off, who, what's your prediction? Uh, Rangers in six. I, I give okay. Pittsburgh a little more credit. I think they'll, they'll win two games, but I, I don't think this goes seven. Okay, so you just mentioned Ryan Reeves. Here's the thing. By the looks of things, based on practice today, yeah, uh, today's Sunday, right now. Today, yeah. Sunday mm-hmm. it's, it was Kreider, Zib, Vetrano, Panarin, Strom, Kopp. That's set in stone. Mm-hmm. Seems like you're getting your kids' line. So Laffy, Heedle, Kako. And then that last line is Hunt, Gaudreau. And then I guess they're deciding between Rooney and Reeves. Yeah. So, you know, if we were playing the Caps, I think it would have been a no-brainer to put Reeves in. Um, you know, it's a physical, tough team that we would want him in against. The Penguins, as Tom said, I don't think are that tough of a team outside of like Brian Rust and maybe, you know, one or two other guys. So I think you can afford not to play him here. Um, but that being said, I've expressed this to you in the past. I think if we're, you know, he has to be on this fourth line for playoffs as, yeah. as these refs uh, really don't make as many calls. So I would like him in. I just, I don't think it, uh, what about you? 
I think he doesn't start the first two home games. Mm-hmm. And I think depending on how those first two home games go, yeah. then it, then that's a lever that Gallant can pull as an adjustment going, you know, it, as the series shifts Pittsburgh. But um, I think like they added him for a reason. And part of it was what he brings um, from an experience standpoint. And obviously he's a big morale guy. I think we'll learn pretty quickly. And again, we could, we could see, you know, the fourth line not play a ton. And then it's really not as big of a deal because if they're getting less than 10 minutes a game, you know, having him in the lineup for that odd shift or two where he can make a difference, it's, it's not going to matter that much. And like, like you said, you know, it's not like a liability where they're going to really be calling a whole lot. So um, but yeah, I, I think that that's an option for them to have, but going into the series, they don't exactly need him. And it's not like, you know, a physical series where if it were Washington, completely different story. Mm-hmm. I, I think they got to take out hunt and put in Reeves. I, I agree with your take uh, Tom on just Ryan Reeves whole morale. And like, we've seen, you know, obviously we're not in the locker room every day, but we see what it looks like through the media's eyes of how much Reeves kind of just means to this team and just, you know, his overall leadership as a whole too. Cause he, he is a leader, like whether you, you think so or not, I think it's obvious that he's, you know, a guy that a lot of the young guys look up to and he's out there to protect everybody. So, um, you know, I definitely think there, there's going to be a point where Reeves is inserted and he plays throughout the entire playoffs. For, it, it just, sure. you know, like Tom yeah. said, it's just a matter of time. Yeah. Um, I always Dryden hunt looked like McDavid the other night with his goal. That was, nasty. I know, I know, but, it, <laughs> but he, that's what he does. That's what yeah. he does. He has a flash of flurry and then he uh. kind of forgets about it for 40 games, you know, but, um, I, yeah, I, I agree kind of with both sides. I could see it either way, but I always prefer grit when it comes uh-huh. to, you know, playoffs. So also side note, did you guys see the video of Ovechkin like firing up the Ranger crowd the other night? Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. That was so he cool. Was, uh, having fun in the suite. Yeah. I love that. That was being, awesome. Being a troll season. Um, that was great. Yeah, that was, that was awesome. Uh, but Tom, I know we're kind of close on time. So if you don't mind, could we just ask maybe one more each? Yeah, sure. Cool. Um, I get my last question is, for both of you, uh, Tom, we'll start with you. Who is this team's unsung hero this season? So that's a tough question because I definitely feel there's a lot of people that stepped up. Um, I want to see think, if either of you say mine. So, like, I think this is for a number of reasons. So I'm going to say Truba. Boom. In, in <laughs> the sense of, so in the sense of I feel like, DeAndre Miller is a great success story from this year and him and Miller, they spent the most time together as a pair out of all of the defense pairs in the league. And that's something that I've been waiting for, for a long time, because I feel like over the last five years, if you ever looked at line combinations, defense combinations, the Rangers would just have so many, so many different combinations like, Oh, okay. We're going to spend some time here, spend some time here. There was never that consistency that I was able to develop. And, you know, him being a mentor on the ice, being a mentor off the ice, like that's really valuable. And then there's obviously, you know, the recruitment he did um, in the sense of the guys that they added at the trade deadline, Andrew Kopp, you know, played with him, you know, Michigan, um, Tyler Mott, another, you know, Michigan guy, um, you know, Vetrano, you know, played with him. I think it was, you know, um, Team USA, like U18 or something. So, like, that obviously has, has some impact. But um, I think he's also a guy, and you know, 
you look at his contract and people are like, well, $8 million, it's a whole lot. But relatively speaking, um, and obviously there's still time on the deal and right. you know, things can happen. But out of all of the big defense contracts that have been signed over the last three or four years, his isn't one of the worst. And I, I, I would say it's one of the more middle of the road ones. Um, so, and I think the fact that now this is, you know, another year completely spent in New York where he had all this uncertainty in Winnipeg, he's more comfortable. He had a solid year um, offensively. So I would say Truba is certainly um, one of the more unsung players from this season. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with you. And, and Johnny, I did just want to add before you jump into your, your guy. Um, I also think it's Jacob Truba, this guy, like you said, Big contract, caught a ton of crap his first two years in New York City, uh, being a little underwhelming. And, you know, that could have, if you think about it, that could have gotten under the skin of so many different types of players that you've seen in the past with, you know, other D-men with a big price tag for even even playing for the Rangers. Like you saw it with Shattenkirk, you saw it with Shea. Um, but not only did this guy not really ever say anything negative, he kind of kept his head down, kept grinding, um, became a leader in and out of the locker room. And I think he's had one hell of a year to show for it. Um, he laid down the hammer on guys all season long. On top of that, he started to produce offensively as well with 39 points. Um, he's definitely one of my favorite players on the team. And I think it's really time that, you know, fans should start putting some damn respect on this guy's name because I think at this point he's earned it. And uh, I do think he's going to be a really, really big contributor and, and really make his presence known in these playoffs as well. I feel like he's a dark horse to be the next captain. And the reason I say that is I feel like if it was going to be Kreider mm -hmm. or it was going to be Sabanajad, they would have done it by now. But the fact that they've continued not to have one, it just, it's like, it feels like Kreider, like everyone says Kreider is the captain. When is he going to get the seat? And like, I, I agree. But there have been so many opportunities for that to happen. The fact that it hasn't, that's that's you know speaks volume to me. Yeah, yeah, I think he's definitely one of three um, between you know him, Kreider, and Zib mm -hmm. uh, for sure. So he's 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 been a big contributor, and and I'm a big big fan of him. Uh, what about you, John? I this is hard to call him unsung, but I feel like it's been so under the radar. And, and I'm it's it's going to sound like basic, I guess, but Panarin for me is like. It's, it's not an unsung hero because he's like our fucking all-star. I understand what you're saying. But like, dude, the guy had 96 points this year and played half the season on a line with Strom and Dryden Hunt. Like he could have easily like folded it in and like, you know, maybe put up 60, 70 points. Panarin had, I mean, I know a lot of his points also came on the power play, like 42 power play points, like half his points from the power play. But he could have easily been a guy who's like, you know, a superstar that, you know, kind of like sulked and, and, you know, pissed the bed and all that shit and had a bad year. But like, yeah. you know, Panarin had one of his best career years this year on, on a line with two guys who aren't necessarily studs, you know? And it was really quiet too, because so like, quiet. You, you hear like, oh, he's struggling. But then you like, you go to NHL.com and you look at like points and you're like, oh shit, like Panarin's pretty up there. And yeah. you don't really hear about that. Right. I, I literally said that to Johnny. I think it was last week that, you know, people kind of take Panarin how good he is for granted. Yeah. The guy had the most quiet 96-point season I ever. think we've ever seen. Ever. And was, as I said earlier, was literally a 1.28 point-per-game player. And you don't yeah. see that often. Um, so, yeah, no, that's that's a good one for sure. Yeah, I, I feel like he's just, like, without his production this year, 
Like he, if he just like had an off season playing on that line, which he easily could have had, like, who knows, man, like the offense clearly like drives through him. Um, you know, I think everyone knows that. And something I've been saying to Cody too, Tom, I don't know if you'll agree, but have you ever, like, aside from the Tom Wilson fiasco, like Panarin has this insane skill or awareness where he just like never gets hit. <laughs> I, well, yeah, that's, that's the thing about him. Like the, when people look at, you know, players and their ages and stuff and like aging curves and stuff like that, like Panarin is, I think he's going to be 30 soon, but like he came over to the NHL you know, later um, he didn't log like a ton of miles in the KHL. Um, so like relatively speaking, he still has a lot of game left and mm-hmm. he does have this ability to know where he is and put himself in situations where like, all right, I, I'm not going to do this because if I do this, I can get hit or I can get rubbed out along the boards or whatever. But it's that spatial awareness that makes him one of the elite players in the game. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. It's uh it's a crazy skill. I don't know how I just like never seen him get laid out. The only time I can imagine or remember Panarin getting laid out was when he was on Columbus and McAvoy laid the shit out of him and they fought. Oh my God. Um, that was, yeah. yeah. That was, that was a sick ago. hit. Um, but yeah, Tom, so he's I mean, learned since then. Yeah, no, he has. He definitely has. And uh, Tom, are you going to beat any games in the playoffs? Cause I'll be at game one. I think I'm going to try to get to game five. I know Cody will be there even though we're going to try be, to get him. Uh, I'll be at uh, game five out. and I'll be at game two. If, if I'm in the clear, mm-hmm. Um, no, not, no plans at this point. Um, cause I'm, I'm going to look at tickets and see if prices come down. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's interesting, like, and like, depending on how far they go, like they'll, I'll actually be in, uh, probably be in California when they're in the second round. Mm-hmm. So like, it, it, it's weird. So we'll, we'll see. Just the old 5 PM Ticketmaster search. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? I used to do that all the time when I was trying to get playoff tickets. Like, I, like literally I'd come home from school cause I was still in high school and they were in the playoffs and I'd go right to Ticketmaster or StubHub and I'd look at tickets and like, I have to get a ticket by 5 PM or I can't go cause you gotta catch the 522 train. So, um, you know, that's, that's really funny, but, uh, Tom, we want to thank you so much for doing this and, yeah, this um, we would love to meet you in person sometime. I don't know if you plan on uh, sure. going to a bar maybe to watch the game or something. Where you're in Orange County, New York, right now? Yeah, so I'm about like like 60 miles north of the city. So it's not close, but uh, <laughs> we'll, not the Cali OC. Yeah, yeah. No, we'll, we'll try, we'll try to figure something out. Yeah, but uh, it was great talking to you. We yeah, we truly it. appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.